Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. The idea of this, um, you know, planning your week and, and really concentrating on what hours you're spending doing each thing is if you are spending more than the 17 hours on maintenance per week, if you're spending more than five hours routine inspections, more than six hours in finals, it's the, it's not a problem, but just remember that it just that might be the area that you need to focus on that needs tweaking. So whether that is um, better systems, more support within the office, you know, I would go back to your boss and say, listen, I'm concerned that my finals, I'm spending too much time on my finals every week. I'm thinking, you know, that this would make it a bit easier or that would make it a bit easier and then have those conversations, you know, with with the boss because they want to make sure that it's productive. Hi, I'm Ashley Goodchild and welcome to the PM Collective Podcast where I invite you to listen to opinions and stories that are relevant in the property management world. I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, today we are on part two with Esther Nielsen and Joe Shannon. And this one is a real practical podcast on ideal week, a day in the life of, and a typical day and how we all manage our days because we probably all manage them a little bit differently. So Esther, let's start with you. What a typical day in the life of Esther looks like. Well, and if you don't want to use currently now because you're in a yes, new position, yep. maybe use in a in previous roles. Yeah. Yep. All right. So first of all, when I would get into the office, I would actually scan my inbox. I'm a bit of an inbox Nazi, but um, yeah, I would scan my inbox, see what was uh, priority, um, and sort of make notes for that. I would then start my to do list. So I'd write down you know, the important things that I needed to do, some of the wish wish lists. Um, and then in my I- ideal week, I would look at my calendar and see what my schedule was for the day um, and then just start prepping for whatever those appointments were. Um, and then pretty much in between all that is answering emails and answering phone calls and dealing with urgent things such as maintenance or Mm-hmm. That sudden break lease that mm-hmm. you've got in your email <laughs> you weren't planning on. <laughs> Gotta love those. Um, do you have are you strict with an ideal week or you just have no your things to do and it's yeah. it's pretty much for me, it's always just been a bit of a guide. So even when my pop-up says, Hey, it's time to do your lease renewals, if yeah. I'm just finishing off something, for me personally, I tend to finish off what I'm doing. Um, so I'm a little bit flexible with that. So I might just move it, you know once or twice I was once taught only ever move them twice and then mm-hmm. that was it you had to do them mm-hmm. so and I know they train for ideal weeks like trainers will say you need an ideal week but um but the 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 these podcasts are just to create the conversation around that it, it's doesn't you don't have to have an ideal week some people don't work well with an ideal week yeah. so but it's just this gives you an idea of how everyone is a little bit different with it yeah. so yeah. um Joe do you work with an ideal week I'll play devil's advocate. <laughs> okay, go for it. I, I did. I did. Yeah. I always had an ideal week to the point where it was minute blocked out, like the entire day blocked out of tasks to do. Oh, right. 
but now I do not have an ideal, ideal week at all. I, I do have mentality around it and I have the sentiment around it, although I don't work off an ideal week anymore because my job role is very varied um, and property management is varied. Sorry, Karen, I can't, I can't fix your Outlook emails because I don't, you know, it's not in my ideal yeah. day. Yeah, sorry <laughs> so about that. this minute. I, Wait until five minutes yeah. and then I'll be ready. Karen exactly. will be breathing down your back. Exactly. See, it doesn't work. But um, my biggest philosophy, and I've learned this from one of my mentors um, who I've worked for with in the current group is you tackle your biggest problems first. So mm. I actually generally tackle my problems on the, in the car ride on the way to the office. I feel in a weird way, I feel powerful in my car. I'm in my own little controlled space with the temperature just right and the volume just right. And when they go on a tangent, I can turn it down. Um, so I tackle my biggest problems first. I get into the office, exact same as Esther, scan my emails, go through my day. And then it sounds bad, but it isn't, but I react. I don't react to property management. I'm always proactive, but I react to the other aspects of my role more so than property management. Property management, though, wise, you can you can get that ticking along on a nice yeah. little schedule if you mm. need to. Yeah. But yeah. every single person is different. You can't hold everyone accountable to an ideal week because some people don't work that way. Yeah. Some people can't it, work that it's way. It's more of a guide, isn't it, yeah. really? That's it how I view be. it anyway. It's just a guide as to those core tasks that you need yeah. to get done just just to sort of keep you on track. Really. Everybody needs a prompt. Mm. Like there's nothing wrong with a little mm. prompt every now and then, but mm. I mean to structure your day in that that much of an aspect might be a little bit hard for some people. See, I deal with my easy stuff first. So for me, I like just to get all those real easy delegating type emails, jobs, all the little stuff. I like to clear, and I'm an inbox Nazi, so I like to yeah. clear all that out first and then just leave the hard stuff and then just then tackle that as I need to. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's whatever works best for you because everybody works differently. So Mm. these are all good ideas and it just depends on, you know, how you work best. At the end of the day, the job's got to be done. It doesn't matter whether you do it at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, just as long as it's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you could gain an extra hour in your day, what would you choose to to do with it? Well, let me think about that. <laughs> That's a hard one. Yeah. But, it's a, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. But it's a hard one. Yeah. Because we always complain about not enough time. Yeah. So what, here we've got this extra hour. What do we do with it? Look. Have a longer work, lunch? Was, that would be a fantastic. Have, have, have a lunch, yeah. 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 But no, isn't it a good time to talk to your team? Like we all work yeah. in teams at the end of the day. Yeah. I would love an hour every day to just sit down, talk to the team, maybe do something together that we can all enjoy. Just not necessarily a work thing, but just a social. Doesn't have to be work. Going on no, here. it can yeah. be social. It can be going to the pub and then talking about Lisa yeah. Newell's over five glasses of wine. Yeah. That would be yeah. perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but no, why not? You can drink five glasses of wine in an hour. Yeah, no, I really can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink as it is. <laughs> Your your efficiencies and your processes are going to be amazing. He's probably the type of guy that goes, you know, that actually, you know, he likes to be by the minute. So you can, I can drink one glass, 120 mils in, you know, three minutes. Calculate the minute. Yeah. Okay now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, well, if I had an extra day, so an extra hour in my day, I think that probably sitting with the team is probably quite important. I think, um, from a social aspect, like I am always in and out of the office and quite busy. So the staff would probably just like me just to sit still 
for, you know, an hour and just, you know, hear about what's going on in their life and things like that, which is which is a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, every now and then I try and do it like on the way to get a coffee or something like that and sneak it in. But that's probably like yeah, a, a big thing that doesn't yeah. get done enough. Actually, that's an interesting aspect. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about um, – you know, time wasting, like when you come into people might come into the office at nine o'clock, then they'll make their coffee and spend half an hour chatting to people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if people are going on breaks for cigarettes or whatever, um, and maybe consolidating that, you know, like in a morning, okay, saying this is this is an hour in the morning, um, let's have our little chit chat now. And then you get it over and done with. And then the rest of the day, you can be more productive rather yeah. than sort of constant breaks and in which interrupt yeah. people and have you know, your water cooler powwow and mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah. okay, we're done for the day. You can do that in your own time at lunchtime or something like that. If, yeah, you know, I yeah. think you'll probably find that a lot of offices actually do that. I think they formally have, or informally. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. I mean, we used to have a lady who she would bring in baked goods every morning, and that now that started a conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her and her Danish butter, like <laughs> yeah. she she would make some incredible things. Nice. But it is really good. It is really good to have that social aspect. And as well, the other thing is is um, changing your thoughts around that morning coffee. So, for example, like we could say, you know, going to go get a coffee at 9.30 and walking across the cafe is wasting half an hour when, in fact, I would actually, my thoughts are, well, that's half an hour I get with a staff member to chat about how they're going from a different point of yep. view. So I I probably work into mm-hmm. um, work, change my thoughts so that's actually that that is a beneficial half an hour yeah. that I'm having with a team member. So as a business as owner, a business, yes, yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. From the yeah, other perspective, so. could you see a property manager might see it as a wasted half an hour? Um, oh, my property managers would love to go have a coffee with me. Oh, they, of course they, they oh, would. It's not like Ashley's making them come no, no, go no. for a walk. No, no, no. They, and that, they would be like, that's a waste of my half an hour. 100%. But, um, yeah, no, I think that... Because I know I do. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. out of the office for half an hour and I've got things to do, I'm looking at my watch going, come on, what have I, what yeah, have I exactly. got next, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, It's that anxiety builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's important to take that break. Yeah. And spend time with people. Yeah. And it, it absolutely is. I, um, I will touch base on on the PM typical day. And I, I mean, I guess the having those coffee breaks probably should be factored into your daily tasks. So I would go as far as saying like 9 o'clock till 9.30 is coffee yeah. catch up, you know what I mean? And maybe not necessarily having a whole day of um, ideal um, and I, so not having a full day of ideal tasks but having pockets of it. So 9 to 9.30 might be a block out, you know what I mean? One to two o'clock might be a block out. So having yeah. sections, do you think, would probably work yeah. better in a... Yeah, my ideal week was pretty much every day wasn't chock-a-block, minute-based like yours. <laughs> it was more, okay, Monday between 12 and 2, I'm doing lease renewals. Wednesday, this. So it was, it was scattered. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a lot of time in between. I wasn't yeah. full on every day with... And I think that's what you tasks. need to be like. Like, obviously, your mm-hmm. ideal weeks change over time. As things grow, as things change, everything changes. But I think yeah. a little bit more flexibility is good because we can't plan for everything in our job. You can never plan to be a property manager. Mm. Property managers are everything in a lot of different ways. So we can't plan for everything mm. that comes up. No. Well, so the plumbers and electricians that I spoke to a while ago, they were saying, because I was asking how they arrange their days because, yeah. you know, when you've got an emergency and I want you to fix that toilet yeah. now, how do you fit that in? So they were saying that they plan for 
um, some of them planned for like two hours free per day. Some of them was four hours um, free per day, but they had their scheduled jobs, which they got done. And then the rest was for emergencies, et cetera, yep. which makes uh, sense. Yeah, Contingency totally. time. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So that was pretty good. Um, let's be um, – there's quite a few things actually I want to touch. I'm just trying to work out what order to do it. Um, proactive and reactive tasks, I guess oh, I'm pretty big on that. and I think you guys are too. And I think it's the proactive tasks that we probably should plan into an ideal week. Mm-hmm. Don't you reckon? 100%. And then mm-hmm. leave space for those reactive tasks. Yep. So I think, um, and this will all um, merge into sort of where I'm getting at in a minute with the ideal week. So, yeah, so I'm booking in your proactive tasks. Um, the percentage of outside versus inside work for a property manager, what do you reckon that percentage is? Every officer oh, structure actually, would be yeah, different. Because some are just in, um, inspection yeah. only. Okay, let, yeah. let's base it on a standard end-to-end portfolio that someone manages the whole lot, what do you reckon the percentage of outside versus inside work would be? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inspect Real Estate, or IRE, is an Australian-based software company that is passionate about creating quality, customised solutions for agents, tenants, buyers, and property owners, designed by agents for agents, because we care. IRE has now processed more than 108 million inquiries and is currently being used by thousands of industry leaders. There are many time-saving products from booking and managing inspections within our flagship product ROL, creating and managing applications with ToApply and AppChecker, and tracking keys with Keyware, through to listing on Inspect Real Estate's free property portal, Tenant App plus so much more. Visit inspectrealestate.com.au or give us a call on 1300 934 721. For me, probably looking at 40% outside, 60% inside, to be honest. And that's if you were looking at things like leasing and BDM inspections finals. But that can change month to month as well. Like it would be such a varied, varied role Mm. and varied percentage. Um, But realistically, you could average it out to 40 40 out of the office, I think. Yeah, I was thinking thinking 50-50. 50-50, yeah, around there. Yeah, okay. And then we – so – if you are someone that likes to do an ideal week or if you're someone who is feeling very unproductive in your work week at the moment, and I think there's a lot of property managers that are feel, and I'm using the word unproductive because I hate the word busy, but if you are someone who is feeling like you're sinking, then I would actually go down the road of actually breaking up your tasks. And I always start the tasks from routine inspections. So like hypothetically, if you managed 120 properties from start to finish, and that would be about the equivalent of 10 routine inspections per week that you would need to do. So do we agree that probably around 30 minutes, including travel for a routine inspection to be done on average? Yeah. Because you bunch them in close proximity. Yeah, yeah I think that's an average. Yeah, I think that's a good average. Give and take. Sometimes you're going to have properties different areas. But to be honest, if they are in different areas and that you are taking longer than that, then I would pose a question of yeah. you need to sort something out within your office. Why aren't you factoring that in? <laughs> and factoring that in, yeah. correct. So if we base it on, yeah, 120 properties end-to-end, which is the equivalent of 10 routine inspections per week, that's about five hours per week of work on routine inspections. 
So breaking down your week to make sure that you're not spending any more than that on routine inspections is probably really important. And if you are spending more time on that, um, then you should look at your systems involved. So, Joe, take that even one step further. So systems involved if we were doing this end-to-end? Yeah, like if you had a property yeah. manager that that's, yeah, if it was, assuming it's end-to-end, but if you had a property mm-hmm. manager that was saying, that was listening to this and going, whoa, like I manage 120 properties and I definitely spend 10 hours a week doing routine inspections, what could they do? Oh, look, you need to really streamline the way that you do your reports and do your planning. They're the main aspects of it. You can You can schedule until the cows come home, but if you don't have a formulated way of scheduling, you're never going to have it as accurate as you should be. So think about the things like the the areas of the properties, group them into nice areas and group them into bundles. If you've got five two-by-ones and you've got three three-by-twos, do the two-by-ones first. They're quick, they're easy, get them out of the way. And Esther said it before, I touched on it before, is do your notes at the property. Mm. There is no point coming back to the office, in my opinion, and everyone will have an opinion on this, but there's no point coming back to the office and typing your notes because you've already forgotten half of them and it takes you another hour or two hours to do that anyway. So what's the point? Do the work when you're there. Do it fast. Do it quick. Do it easy. When you're scheduling, make sure you schedule it smart. Yeah. Schedule smart. And even like dic- dictaphones into your, um, like we use property me, so dictaphoning yep. it straight into... It's so Might not easy. be so good when a tenant's around, but no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very oily bench top. <laughs> and, yeah. and then the tenant's voice is coming in on that yeah. phone and yeah, annoying her. No, I, yeah, so I would do the notes in the, like if the tenant wasn't home, I would just dictaphone it in. But you're right, if the tenant's yeah. there, I would just write down the concerns so that I didn't forget them. And then in the car, I would dictaphone yeah. it in. But you're right, yeah. use your technology. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all that. Yeah, and then the other thing I do when I get back to the office um, is make sure that the inspections have actually gone out within a day or two Mm -hmm. um, because then that's finalised, they're charged and they're gone. If you don't do that, then they build up and then you end up spending more time later Mm -hmm. on having to send them all out before the end of month. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's five hours in a 40-hour, I say 40-hour week, but five hours in a 40-hour week sorted. Next, let's combat final inspections. So, gosh, I, I was thinking of how many average final inspections you would do on 120 properties per month. Like, like give it a gate in a, in a normal market, but yeah. three, three or four? Yeah. Would that be right? Sometimes you can get two a week, so yeah. it just depends. And then, of course, you've got your break lease that suddenly pops up out of nowhere. The middle, but if but you averaged it, like, would you, could you average it, like, should say five a month? Like, Oh, yeah, five a I month. Yeah, I reckon a month, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I months. say average yeah. five a month, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's go five routine inspections per month. So that's just over one, okay, per week. So then how long now, see, finals are the problem, I reckon. Like they they can take you anywhere between one hour to ten hours, really, by the time you sort all the crap out mm. of it. But let's just say, you know, like I'm a boss and I'm paying someone as a property manager to work productively. How long would I want them to spend on a bond? So I'm going mm-hmm. to go from that aspect because right. I think that's probably more yeah. important to be yeah, honest. Definitely. Because at the end of the day, your, your owner's only paying so much for a final bond inspection. I need to make sure that the property manager is spending the equivalent of whatever yeah. I'm charging. Yeah, you absolutely. Know what I mean? So, um, like, I mean, I'm going to actually say three hours tops as a boss, I wouldn't want my staff take, not, no, you're looking at me, not at the property. 
Is that no, no? But not at the property. Oh, is no, that no, inclusive? No, no. I mean, inclusive of dealing with it afterwards. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're thinking. Oh, little, three hours. Three Ooh, hours. I could sit there on my emails for a while. Yeah, correct. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about like doing the bond inspection, which what might be forty five ish, forty five an hour for a bond. To tell you the truth, I I probably on average would spend three hours at a property to do a final if it was a standard home because I take generally around an hour to do my photos and then I will then I will solidly go through that report while I'm there because I believe in taking the time while you're at the yep. property and while you've got your eyes yeah. on the room or the issue that yeah. you're looking at and then it, it's a lot quicker then to finalise because if you, if you rush it at the property, you could miss something. That's just me. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of raise their eyebrows at the amount of time I might spend. Obviously, if it's a smaller yeah. configured property, it wouldn't be as long. But so, your, so your idea is that the longer that you spend at the property means that you would say that you have less admin work to manage the bond at the office, do you think? Like what do you reckon yours would be? Then? Yeah, because, because of the way I'm doing, like I do my photographs and then the way that I'm actually writing my report, um, or maybe I'm dictaphoning now, which mm-hmm. I which I am. But at the end of the day, I still need my eyes on that property. Mm. So yeah. you can't you can't rush that aspect of it. There's no technology to make your eyes look at something a bit quicker. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? No. So um, for me, it's a due diligence thing that I want to make sure that I 110% mm. know what's going on at that property from the final. So I would rather spend a bit more time on there mm-hmm. and then it's just a matter of quickly finalising the report at yeah. the other end. And so again, like an inspection, I will spend more time there finishing it there yep. than coming back to the office later. So then what about the admin of actually like <clears throat> calling the tenant, having an argument about the exhaust fan that's not clean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I guess I have a pro forma email that I that I put in and then I just um, list all the issues. Obviously, they get scanned a copy of the final bond report and it goes to the owner. So it's pretty much almost the same thing Mm -hmm. that's duplicated and then it just goes off and then I just say, well, this is what's happening. So it's a good point. Yeah, so there's. I think there's going to be a lot of property managers who fluff over that side of things too much. So I know like uh, property managers where you return the keys, Mm -hmm. you don't get a choice to go back to clean. We just arrange the cleaner. So their admin time would be less because they're not having to go back and forth generally on emails because you want to email these lists through, not call them, um, but even though you probably should call them. But, um, you know, they they don't make quick, smart decisions and they're not assertive enough with the vacating tenant to say this is what's going to happen next. So... So, but that's at the end of the day, that's still something that should be managed from a time point of view. So, whether you spend three hours at the property and then half an hour in the office finalizing it, or whether you spend an hour at the property and yeah. then a couple of hours finding it, it's probably, it actually probably doesn't matter yeah. as long as the job's getting done properly. And as long as the, the the charge for the final inspection is reflective of how long you take. Yeah. That yeah. would be what I say. I just totally. think, like, when you come back to the office, you then are. Uh, tempted to either look at emails and then you start, the receptionist starts putting calls through. Yep. So that can blow out your time when you're back in the office. To, so yeah, that definitely. can actually stretch out, hmm. you know, your finalising yep. um, if you haven't completed everything at the property. That's just my, you know, my view of it. Yeah. Um, so I've roughly said about three hours. You've probably said roughly about five hours. What do you reckon, Joe? Yeah, I what reckon. What would you around, expect? I would say around three. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, and that would be, from my point of view, we've got a bit of a different method. Um, I love taking someone with me to finals. Yeah. Another property manager, and I know it sounds silly from a business owner's perspective. You're going to go straight that. away. Why? That's two people. Yeah. But 
we get it done in half the time. And as we've long got, as you get it done in half yeah. the time. And this is the thing is I'm extremely strict with my finals because yeah. I don't see, and this is where we will differ, but I completely value where you're coming from, is yeah. I don't see the point in looking at that property over and over and over and over when I can, because, and again, this is going to be different. I might have managed my properties for five, six years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas I know what has gone on because I've already scheduled an inspection for four weeks prior to their vacate. So you do the pre-final, do so you? So do a little yeah. bit of a pre-final. Um, I always talk to my owners first, give them the option, um, go to the final inspection. I pretty much know what's going to be at that final. But when we do look through, two sets of eyes make a big difference. And I've found things where... I've point blank not picked it up. Mm. I think that's a great point because you're talking about you've managed a property for five or six years, Mm. but if you've come into a portfolio that's had a bit of a turnover, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might not have had the opportunity to have had that in-depth knowledge of that property. So it is Mm. going to take someone. Oh, but trust me, the ones I have for five years, I still miss stuff. You (laughs) see it, you see it every three months, and then all of a sudden. You're looking at it in a different line. It's very well, difficult. Once the couch is gone, yeah. Exactly. But I see it as you get, this is my point of view yeah, again, yeah, two yeah. two people in there, two double the eyes. You yeah. get the photos done by the person who is with you. You're, I'm writing the comments and actually looking and they're taking the photos. Mm-hmm. Second pair of eyes, I come back, collate everything, and it takes me half an hour in the office mm-hmm. to quickly get everything ready, do my final bond report, shoot them to the owner and the tenant mm-hmm. and tell them exactly what's going to happen next and the timeframes around it. Mm-hmm. Works for me. doesn't work for everybody yeah, though. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I always have two guests in because yeah. it's good to see how everyone's a little bit different because there isn't any right or wrong. It's no. Just, but it's just something to think about. If something that you're doing is not working for you, then there's a few other options yep. to try. Yeah. Um, one thing I've never understood is the pre-final inspection. I don't get it. <laughs> I only offer it to owners and this is something that I, I think – adds a little bit of value. If they're willing to pay for it, they're yeah. happy to pay for it. And there was a ske- an inspection scheduled anyway, i.e. Yeah. your break lease who just randomly pops up. I think it's really valuable. It's a good opportunity to actually take your vacate checklist to your tenant in person and talk to them and say, hey, look, the exhaust fan right now is dusty. Just make sure you clean it before you go and it sets that expectation before they even leave. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of the time when you have a tenant who's been in there for over two years, a year, two years, three years, they look at things in a different light as well. They've lived in this house for such a long time and they can't quite remember what clean exhaust fan looks like anymore. Mm. So by having that little bit of a personal touch at an inspection from a different perspective, it's not I'm going to quickly walk in and out to check if everything's okay. I'm going to come to educate you at this point in time to prepare for our final. It's worked well in the past. So are you organising this? Because I've done, say, for example, if there's a routine inspection that's due 30 days before the final inspection, I'll say yes, I'll still do it, but I'll only do it if if it's a tenancy I'm concerned about. Yes, exactly. If I know it's been schmicko throughout, I'm not going to. I'll forego that inspection. But yeah. if it's if it's one that I'm a bit concerned about, I'll say, yes, I will still be doing this routine inspection and I will treat it kind like of that, yeah. like a pre-vacate yeah. sort of inspection. I think you always got to pick and choose. Yeah, We've exactly. all got our good and bad mm. eggs. Mm, mm. You know, you're always going to have a couple. Yeah. Sometimes when I've put in an inspection purposefully because I'm known. <laughs> but look, yes. different, different circumstances. Yeah. Okay. So, well, so a final inspection, let's then say that that's about six, the equivalent of about six hours per week that you should allocate to final inspections. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we're at 11 hours. We've got five hours allocated for routine inspections and six hours allocated for finals. Okay. So that's 11 hours. So what's that? 29 more hours to fill in the week. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that's 29 more hours. What should we do next? What? Well, you do your lease renewal. I lease mean, renewal. I think you should look at, you know, what income generating yeah. tasks. So I think if 
if you're starting to get a bit snowed under, I think they are your key ones that you should be looking at. So anything yeah. that's, you know, so your rent arrears and you follow up your invoices, your lease renewals. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let, or actually, before we do lease renewals, let's do um, leasing because obviously that can be time consuming and there's lots of sa- good saving exercises we can do. So if we've got five people vacating per week and um, per month, then that's roughly five leasing. Five yeah. So how long, and oh God, this, this is a hard one because it's so subjective, but how long would we want it to take to allocate for leasing? So that is the home opens, that is the processing of the application and the lease preparation. First question is what Ooh. systems have you got in place? Yeah. Have you got something that backs you up? Yeah, so like, well, I guess with the with the application, well, there's so many ways with viewings these days. Yeah. You could get them to apply first so you're not doing time-wasting viewings. You could make them look at a video tour, even if it's a homemade video tour before they go. So like for our outer area properties, I try to encourage the property managers to do a video, make mm-hmm. sure the tenant's seen the video first, if it's in an average area, try and, you know, and I know that there's average applicants coming through, I will try and get the application pre-approved first. Yep. So there's time-saving exercises you can yep. do. For my local properties, we would just go out and do our normal yeah. home opens. Yeah. Would that be fair to say? Definitely. Like it's a, yeah. a good practice? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's all different ways of doing it, but I think that is a good practice, especially in your situation for out-of-area ones. So let's say that like in an ideal world, you would want to, and this is an ideal world, you would want to do no more than an hour's worth of viewings per property per week. Yeah. That'd be that's a, that's, that's, that, that's a lot, isn't no, it? No, that's being generous. pretty good. That's yeah. generous. Yeah. But yeah. realistically, if you had to, if you had to do those one-off private appointments too to include yeah. in there, you could. Yeah. It gives you that time. I tend to, um, as long as I know that it's going to be left well, tack on a home open at the end of a final yes. inspection because yeah. you're already there. So if I do them in the afternoon and then I finish at 5, 5 to 5.30 or yep. 5.15 is, is my tip. home open. Yeah. So I'm there already. I'm not wasting time coming back. Yeah. Um, and even if the property's not absolutely perfect, you just say to people, it's yeah. going to be cleaned before you move in. You're here to look at the property and see if it suits you. And nobody has issues with that. So that's my little tip of that's time I'm, saving. I'm already there. Yeah. I'm not making an extra visit. Yeah. And potentially then I've got applications the next day and then I'm starting to process them. And Yeah. Well, yeah, and so then the application's an interesting one. Do you have any smart tips for your application processing? Do you use any automation? Yeah, so we use IRE uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, we have built-in application processing through IRE. Mm-hmm. And we've also obviously got our digital formats separate to that for those people who can't go into IRE or, or have a pen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but those ones who do come through, you know, programs like IRE, and there are many more programs, they're very easy to mm. send a quick reference request off. But mm. I always have to pair that with a call. I don't know if it's some sort of old school training, but... 100%. I, yeah, yeah. You need to call because, Ash, when I call you for a rental reference, you could type perfect tenant, lovely, lovely, lovely. But if I pick up the phone to you and you go, hmm... Yeah, it's what they don't say. Exactly. What they do yeah. say. So I think, I think the processing of applications is one of the most important parts mm. of leasing a property, regardless how much time you spend at a home open... If you put in the wrong applicant, you could totally ruin that investment for the owner. So for me, it is absolutely paramount. I would spend probably a minimum of 45 minutes to an hour making sure that application is safe, secure and sound Mm -hmm. before I propose it to my owner. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have to do your your main checks, ticker, Mm -hmm. NTD, all the stuff, Mm -hmm. cross all all your T's and dot your I's. But Mm -hmm. 
for a system point of view, IRE, really, really good system to quickly get some feedback through. Straight mm. away, get someone pre-approved um, or conditionally approved, as I like to call mm. it sometimes. We had a lot of times when we've had multiple applications. And what we've done is conditionally approved too mm. and said to those two people, we'd like to invite you back through another viewing so you can make sure you're 100%. They might have put something on there, a special request to get mm. the door fixed, I don't know. And it really saves a lot of time having those applications already done. That was yeah. a real Ready COVID to go. Um, Change, wasn't it? Change. Big yeah, wake-up call were, with yeah. COVID, I think, on our processes and procedures. Mm. I think a lot of agencies across Perth and Australia-wide have really looked at their procedures and gone, how can we how can we cut some time off this and how can we make it less contact-driven? Mm. How can we make it more personal at the same time as distant? Mm. So I think that's a very important factor. So it goes mm. back to your video tours. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, I do – I know there's some great – um, options with video tours. You've got your virtual tours and then you've got your professional videos. I quite often just like doing a really raw video though from the yeah. moment I get out of my car in the car park in a complex, this yep. is, and actually me walking to the to the unit. Yep. So And I had to do that and I leased a property during COVID like that. But I said to the girl, I said, I'm, I'm sorry it's a raw video and I do an unlisted um, link on YouTube for her so that she can access it that way. But I said, but it's really important for you to see the complex because if I just did a virtual tour from inside the unit, yeah. you don't get the aspect of how far it is from your car. T- you know, mm-hmm. who do you go yeah. past to get to the unit? Yep. It's raw, yeah, but she loved it. Yeah, so she felt like she was walking. So they're simple things that you can do, and they cost nothing. Yeah, and that's what they would usually see at a home open. Yeah, correct. We've got to yeah. show them that aspect that yeah. we don't usually think of. Yeah, yeah. But they already look at it. They might have been there half an hour before it started. Yeah, just to check yeah. out the area. Exactly. I think exactly. that's really important anyway, because a lot of, especially with photographs that are professional photos, you know, using mm. a wide angle lens and. Mm. You know, it it does give the wrong impression in terms of size, and yeah. and I think just a raw yeah. video walkthrough gives you that, you know, allows someone to have a feel for the property. Um, you don't want to fancy it up too much no, with all these. I like the raw ones because no. otherwise they're going to get yeah. in there and be disappointed anyway. You'd yeah. rather yeah. Like impress and what's wrong with a personal approach? I know. Yeah. Why do we have to be so polished? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a good selfie video. I yeah. do it to my owners when I finished a home open. I do a yeah. selfie video and I message it to them. Yeah. Facebook yeah. Messenger. Here you go. Yeah, and yeah. they love it. They, they do, really yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about authenticity, isn't it? Yeah. You know? The, um, we use tenant options for our processing and I find that's really good if the staff are out and about quite a bit and it allows some of the reference checks to start being processed and, of course, like backing up the phone call is great, um, but it also means that you're not wasting your time with applications that you weren't going to be accepting yep. anyway. You know those ones where you, you, you put an application in, you're a bit of a douchebag to deal with <laughs> and you're not yeah. going to get it, but I need to look like that I've tried. You yeah. know, and yeah. It, yeah. it covers those once without me having to try because I know that my other three applicants yeah. were the ones I want to go with anyway. So yeah. again, another time-saving tip. Correct, yeah. yeah. How, to, how to deal with douchebag applications. <laughs> <laughs> Get tenant options. And then hiring. they keep applying for all the same ones again and yep. again and you're like, oh. We have got one tenant who keeps on applying yeah. for this same property and the property manager said, I'm just going to have to tell. Like we told yeah. him no, but he keeps on applying. I think he's just um, applying automatically yeah. without registering the address. Right. Even yeah. though it's been declined. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, okay, let's so let's hypothetically say three hours worth of viewings per week um, and two hours worth of processing an application and lease agreement. Mm-hmm. I probably would have swapped that around because I reckon 
But, I mean, if you're only looking at 15 to 20-minute yeah. viewings, that's you must have a yeah. lot of available properties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And, and again, this is like an average for everyone. Yeah. So let us hypothetically say that about five hours per week should be allocated to viewings and lease sign-up application prep. Um, yep. prep. Yeah. That would be about right, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So what are we down to now? Let's just do a quick summary. Five hours per week with routine inspections, six hours per week with finals, and five hours per week for leasing. So we are now at 16 hours per week of necessary non-negotiable stuff, really, what is what it is. So we've got 24 hours per week still to fill in. This is this is a real good task for property this managers to do. This is a great task. Do. Like this is a bit of a reality check. It is, isn't it? Of, um, you know, where we're spending our time, what's billable for the company and what is um, what is not billable, which is, yeah, which we will talk about. So 24 hours a week. Okay, so we've got lease renewals next. So lease renewals, really? Gosh, they, mm. I mean, I know you, you. I guess we should take into account you've got the negotiations, yeah, which yeah. takes time, um, and follow ups are follow ups. You know, if people don't get back to you, you can spend a lot of time just constantly following people up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so gosh, you wouldn't want to be spending any more than four hours a week, no. though, don't you reckon? No, like, no, let's be exactly. generous to because yeah. we've got some hours to absorb here. Let's be generous and yeah. say four hours per week. And I think if you are spending any more than that on lease renewals, then really you should maybe utilise someone on a lower wage or a receptionist or someone who is an assistant, utilise them for the follow-ups and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that, I think. Build Just, your policies around it. Yeah, correct. So we've got, okay, so we've got four hours on um, lease renewals. Now, we've got rent arrears, but rent arrears, while they can be a problem, they're actually not a time-consuming thing because you just call them, SMS them, automation, pay your rent. They say they'll do it tomorrow. You call them again tomorrow to say you still haven't done it. Yeah. It's not a time-consuming thing. It's not like you can sit on the phone for eight hours to talk to a tenant about rent. No, but isn't it funny? It's one of our biggest aspects. Yeah. That's where we get our money. Yeah. With no rent being paid, no management fees Correct. are paid. And as simple as that, and management fees are our bread and butter. We can go ancillary fees till the cows come home. But if nobody moves out or moves in, your ancillary fees are dead in the water. You exactly. need your steady, steady stream of management fees. Yeah. And if your team isn't proactively working on their rent arrears every single day mm. or on the flip side, spending too much time on their rent arrears every single day, you're not going to get the benefit you need. Mm. As a business owner, you really do need to look at your rent arrears as one of the major factors of your cash flow. Yeah. And I don't think that just relying on automated no, reminders. Because they know that they're automated. Yeah. Yep. So they either ignore them or they change phone numbers and don't turn you and they're not getting the they're not getting the reminders anyway. I think in, you know, during the COVID period obviously is a different thing. I think people are spending a lot of time mm. on Mm. on the ramifications of the rent arrears now with the getting ready for, you know, lodging mm. the yeah. um, mandatory conciliation yeah, and the applications and all that kind of thing. So they probably are spending a lot of time potentially on on that aspect. Yeah. But, like, the importance, the importance of calling up for rent arrears is quite often I find that it's a change of pay and a tenant just says, oh, listen, my pay's changed, so I'm actually going to be paying it on Friday instead of, you know, yep. Wednesday or there maybe there's a, a reason for it and to having that discussion so you can put those notes in just to make sure that grandma doesn't exactly. die again. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Oh, you've got five grandmothers. <laughs> um, and at least then you've got some something tangible to give to the owner as well instead of yeah. just saying, oh, they haven't responded to my yeah. follow-up email or whatever. 
um, and they're going to say, well, that was two weeks ago, Esther, haven't you got any, can't you actually ring them and ask them? Yeah. Um, Sometimes they're in, you know, unusual situations and then too embarrassed to let you know. So, yeah, it's just a good touch base point point anyway, I think, with your tenant. Yeah. Got to be personal. Yeah. Mm. We're a personal business. So we take off, okay, let, let's just say, what, an hour an hour a day for rent arrears? I, mean, I wouldn't have uh, any more. Well, you wouldn't do any half more than an hour. Half an hour would okay. be most. Okay. So we're down, so two, two and a half hours for rent arrears. So we are now down to, what are we now? So we've got um, 16, we've got five hours route inspections, six hours finals, five hours leasing, four hours lease renewals, and two and a half hours rent arrears. So that is 20, that's 22 and a half hours per week that we're currently spending on those tasks. So we have got another 17 and a half hours. No, don't is that right? Because we were 24 there and then you've... Yeah, let me write that down. So we've got five hours routine inspections. We've got four hours lease renewals. We've got six hours finals and we have got two and a half hours rent arrears. So what's that? What have I missed? Four hours lease renewals, routine inspections, finals, oh, rent leasing. Oh, and I'm sorry, and the leasing. Um, What did I do for lease renewals? Four hours for that. Yeah, so 22 and a half hours. So we're over halfway? Yeah, nearly halfway. What one are you adding up? I'll take out those two. So two and a half rent arrears, five hours routine inspections. Sorry, I was going yeah. from here. Oh, yeah. Five, four, Sorry, six. we're just doing a little quick add up. some calcs on a calculator. <laughs> 2.5, I'm down to here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's Yeah. 17.5. Yeah. So we've got 17.5 hours left, yeah, to use gotcha. per week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means that really... And let's assume that at 120 you've got a BDM because you would have yeah. a BDM. Um, you wouldn't be doing it yourself. So that really means that the rest of our time is maintenance mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, well, you should be doing, you know, trying to give everyone says do good calls to owners and stuff like that. But I think you can tee that in, in with your um your finals, your routine inspections and things like that. So so 17 hours in maintenance roughly. But I guess the important thing is, is is that what we should be spending on maintenance? Or we probably shouldn't be spending 17 and a half hours on maintenance, should we? No. No, I reckon about three hours. I, I probably would put three hours in an ideal week to set aside to look at my maintenance. It might not take that long, yeah. but I've just got that time scheduled um, just to do my weekly follow-ups mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to throw in it um, two hours per day for mm-hmm. maintenance. I'm going to throw in that. I, was I say reckon around an hour a day. Yeah, yeah. So one or two hours a day. Let, let's be generous and let's go two hours per day on maintenance. So then that's absorbing another ten hours per week, and then we're left with seven and a half hours per week for our emails and coffees. Emails and coffees. Nice. And, 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 phone re- and the reactive there's stuff. A lot of, yeah, the there's reactive a lot stuff. of phone calls. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's funny you mentioned maintenance because it is one of the biggest parts of our job as well. Mm. But we tend to gloss over it quite a lot, I feel. Mm. In the industry, we look at maintenance and, you know, we've we've got groups where we all ask for who's got the best plumber, who's yep. got the best electrician, and we've always got those big jobs. Mm. But maintenance is one of the things that business owners tend to in larger companies let fall by the wayside because mm. it's not something that makes them money. 
generally speaking, they're not going to get a fee or a commission off of the maintenance, even though that is part of our service. Mm. We tend to, as an industry, focus on the things that are billable hours and billable duties and billable tasks, but maintenance is one of those ones that builds a connection with our landlord and our tenant. If we act proactively rather than reactively, we can build that connection and build that trust. And that trust Mm. then leads to higher management fees, higher lease renewals, higher rent, and we can keep that trust as a domino effect. Mm. But for me personally... I put an hour a day, two hours a day in for maintenance 100% and the rest of the time is reactive. Yeah. And I will use that as time to catch up on anything else I've missed, call my owners, call my tenants, do the nice glossy stuff we always like to talk that mm-hmm. we do, yeah. um, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we all do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really importantly is actually have a coffee and look at the bigger picture of my yeah. rent roll. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a bit of time to step back, take a bit of a step back, look at the bigger picture and see yeah. where's everything at. I think on that maintenance aspect is you're talking about we mainly concentrate on, you know, what's benefiting mm-hmm. the agency. We've got to actually look at it from the landlord's side because yeah. we're saying that we're we're sort of trying to increase your yield and if if the maintenance isn't being done and things are deteriorating, yeah you are not managing that property appropriately. So I think maintenance is a really important aspect um, about keeping their, you know, property and their capital growth. And it's not going to happen if we're just allowing it to deteriorate because we we don't want to put more than X hours a week in it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the... It's not income generating for us. But the routine inspections is an opportunity to touch base with an owner and possible improvements. And the, I mean, I would... And, and, like, with my clients that I have, I know that I don't have to call them for permission for maintenance. Yeah. I know I can just arrange it and I can just email them to say this is what's being done. And so it will be good to be a property manager and get to that stage where you know your owner so well yeah. that you know exactly makes such a difference. Yeah, what's yeah. going to be done. And it's like one thing I, I've got a bit of a pair hate when you have, like, um, quotes that are needed and when people ask an owner, can I get a quote, it's like, don't wow. ask the owner if you can get a quote. Get the quote. It's and then, free. And then, yeah. That's right. And then email the owner and say, I've taken it you know, upon myself to get a couple of quotes because this has happened at the property. And then you're going to them with the quotes and the problem, like yeah. as opposed to... You go with uh, someone with a solution, yeah, not I know. with a problem. So, like, but I don't think people are doing that these days. Uh, I think there's quite a few property managers that are just forwarding on, well, I've heard, forwarding on emails from uh-huh. a tenant to say, see the email below from um, the tenant, what would you like me to do? And that is not a good enough email to be sending to a client. You need but, to be obviously doing a new email and then putting, this is the problem, these are a couple of options and solutions I would probably recommend this option. I think um, also it would be beneficial for property managers in general to have a greater understanding of of a residential home, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, names of specific things, issues that arise, how how are they best rectified and who's the best person. And I guess the, the angle I'm coming in from is that my husband has been in the building industry for over 30 years. So over that time, I've learned a lot from him. Um, so when I go to a property, I can probably pinpoint what the what yeah. the issue is, get the right person out there first time, and then I know pretty much what's going on. Yeah. Whereas people who don't, they just see an email like you're saying, just flick it off. You need to spend time and understand, you know, a ceiling stain is probably because it's a a broken tile or something. That's a basic example. But just a bit more education on that side of things because a lot of Mm. people don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and, and then in fairness, should a property manager know 
what the problem is with the roof, you know what I mean, as well. It's a really it's a, it's it's a, a hard fine line. line. It's a hard one. I think, yeah. but it's just sort of to what extent do you want to be proactive and, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I quite often have tenants email me through um, like a little video of a, something yeah. that they've noticed or like that's always helpful because then you can put that yeah. to the owner and say, here's a video, here's a photo I'm thinking it could be this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay to ask if you don't know mm. um, as well. But it's a fine line, isn't it, where we're meant to be yeah. the experts in, in it all. So, um, and I guess like the idea of this, um, you know, planning your week and, and really concentrating on what hours you're spending doing each thing is if you are spending more than the 17 hours on maintenance per week, if you're spending more than five hours routine inspections, more than six hours in finals, it's, the, it's not a problem, but just remember that it just that might be the area that you need to focus on that needs tweaking. So whether that is um, better systems, more support within the office, you know, I would go back to your boss and say, listen, I'm concerned that my finals, I'm spending too much time on my finals every week. I'm thinking, you know, that this would make it a bit easier or that would make it a bit easier yeah. and then have those conversations you know, with with the boss because they yep. want to make sure that it's productive. And I'm thinking, and I don't know how this will come out, so I'm thinking like with your management fee that you charge, that I would say is for the rent collection. Sorry, that's based, that's for collecting the rent and arranging maintenance and problems. Yep. That's safe to say, isn't yep. it? Yep. So then to go one step further and calculate from a portfolio point of view, like to make sure that, that is adding up to your hours that you're putting mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you reckon? But, and I think mm-hmm. it's really important for property managers themselves to know to that. Yeah. It's it's business owners, and this is on a broader context, of especially of larger companies, is business owners tend to not have the property managers as involved in the income yeah. aspect of things. Yeah. And I think there's such a change in mindset when a property manager goes, I'm doing this and it's going to create this amount of income. And they automatically change the mindset of, how can I make that income more and spend less time? No one wants to work for money. Like, come on. <laughs> no, yeah. We don't want to We don't want to just sit around all day. Mm. We want to do as much as we possibly can to make as much as we can mm. in the meantime. Mm. So I think a shift would be more to go towards what we were talking about before, um, the sales rep aspect. Yes, you know, that, sales yeah. reps work for every dollar they earn. Mm. Why mm. don't property managers, we work for a wage and we sit at a desk and we think we've got unlimited time to sort out that collapse ceiling because... It'll still be there tomorrow. Mm. And the trade is not even available today. Mm. So I'm not going to bother calling another one Mm. because I'm here again tomorrow and I'm getting paid to sit at my desk. So Mm. why not incentivize property managers to look at the income? Look at your management fees and go, right, I've only earned on my portfolio this much management fees this month. How much have I actually spent on creating those management fees? Mm. Have I done my management renewals and have I I increased some fees? Or have I just been sitting at my desk drinking coffee? Yeah. Watching a movie, Netflix, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Creating good staff culture in the office. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm a very transparent person and I my staff know that with their portfolios. So I work on a third, third, third. So a third for admin costs, a third for profit, a third for um, salary. And my staff know that. So their portfolio needs to be, like, not to the dollar, but it needs to be within that range. Um, And I have got some properties, portfolios that are, and I've got some portfolios that aren't, and the ones that aren't, then I have a plan in place that, you know, they're they're on some really old fees and bits and pieces. There's Mm -hmm. reasons for it. So I will, um, that's like our next project um, in-house. But the staff know that. And they're very receptive to it. Yeah. That's because they understand it. You know, um, they understand how it works, and 
And at the end of the day, we're all property managers. We're not dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know we're, we're people who, if you've got 100 properties, you could be managing a million dollars worth of assets. Yeah. And this is a big business. Mm-hmm. We're not just clerical people. And I don't like the, mm-hmm. the mentality or the sentiment that we are clerical because we've come a very long way since the 1980s when we used carbon copy machines. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we do anymore. We mm-hmm. are investment and asset managers. And at the end of the day, if you can look after somebody's investment property and recommend to them the best thing to do to make them money, why can't you be doing the same thing for your own role? Mm. Why can't you do the same thing for your own job? Yeah, yeah. We're looking after big stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that, but they're on a salary. Exactly. So they didn't get paid exactly. anymore yeah. to do it. No. So, and it will depend on um, property managers as well who might want to know that aspect and others just might not be interested, interested. at all. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's very, um, a very interesting space. So so I'm just going to recap on what the hours would be in an ideal week based on 120 properties um, start to finish. So we sort of really roughly around five hours per week for routine inspections, around four hours per week for lease renewals, six hours per week for finals, two and a half hours per week for rent arrears and management and around four hours a week in leasing. So, and then 17 hours roughly for maintenance. So, yeah, checking in is a really great thing to make sure you are within that sort of guideline, I think is is good. And, um, and really focusing on where you're wasting time and wherever you're wasting time, then that is a good opportunity to put different procedures and systems in place for mm-hmm. that area and just tackle one thing at a time. And that will create a very, in my opinion, a very happy property management week. Yep. Yeah, it's Agreed. just individual accountability, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There we go. We've solved all life's problems today. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do want to reach out to any of us, feel free to um, just touch base through the PM Collective page. And if you want to chat to Esther a bit more or Joe a bit more, I'm sure, um, speaking on their behalf, I'm sure they'll be happy to have it. a little chat. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much. The team at The Grout Guy are leading experts in regrouting, waterproofing and tiling services nationwide. Property managers find comfort in their 10-year waterproof warranty on all full shower regrouts. Visit thegroutguy.com.au to rejuvenate your property's tiles and grout now.